0: Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your hosts, Gary, Chuck, Just Brian, and Proper Brian. On episode 30, we talk the golden age of board gaming. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board gaming.
1: Well, hey guys. Hey, welcome back. Hey. hey. Yeah. What's up? We're, we're here for another one, man. Uh, we're So how are you guys
2: doing? We just keep coming back
1: yeah they keep yeah, yeah. trying
2: to they keep trying to tell us to go away we just keep coming
1: <laughs> back <We're> like, ah. <laughs> good man hey we're just good man. yeah we are persistent, persistent. nothing yeah. else yeah well hey what what kind of bruise do we have i actually want to hear i want to hear a little bit about shucks. you were dealt before we got um, on Went live you were telling us a little bit about it it is a rogue bat squatch, uh
0: hazy india pale ale they exist um, too the bat squatch. The Bat Squatch, yes, I <laughs> hear that's do. what caused Corona. Um, <laughs> bite from a bat squatch, <laughs> it says, uh, it's supposed to be like a tropical citrusy beer. I, I kind of taste it. it, it's actually kind of a really heavy IPA. You can smell the citrus, but you don't really taste it that much. I'm not a fan, it's, I mean, it's okay, it's not bad, but eh.
1: Uh.
2: I'm also drinking an IPA, and I was just oh, saying, really? like, yeah, it's a Mosaic IPA. I actually like Mosaic quite a bit, mm. and I like their IPA. It's Much like, better. It's from, it's from Community Beer Company. a um, big fan of their brewery, too. But I was just saying, like, before we started, like, I got the IPA because that's, like, seems like that's all I can get nowadays at the grocery store if I want a quick pickup, and I don't want to go out to, like, the, the suppliers here in town. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to grocery store, it's almost all IPA now and i'm like i want to kind of change it up you know
0: but whatever is that is everybody taking all the other ones because the shelves are empty i don't know it's like well it's either that or <laughs>
2: they're afraid like, of what? the ipa
3: i don't Everyone know stocking up what is the well, deal
2: it's just well, i like ipa all right i don't but it seems like it's all i talk about now
3: well well proper Brian, what do you have i got a surprise oh yeah so i've got a i've got a, a bark's root beer float well, um, i'm surprised uh yeah i made just a little bit ago and stuck it in the freezer to to kind of frost it up and uh so i feel sorry for you guys
1: yeah no, that, yeah that's amazing get frosty yeah all right so Chuck gave me this um sour <laughs> ale it's it's called blueberry boyfriend by prairie artisan ales i mean it's it's got an awesome looking label um it looks like um what was that dude from the when we were kids? That um, McDonald's, the big purple oh. dude. Was Grimace? Yeah, yeah. Grimace, Grimace. Yeah, it looks right. like Grimace um, is teaching a classroom of adult. No, it's a restaurant. Okay. Well, anyways, I want to open this up, and I want to I want to try this beer. I've never had much many sours ever. Oh wow. Mm. <laughs> that is um it's like sour, good, but oh my oh, I can really taste the blueberry shuck. Oh wow. It's, it's not as
0: good as the violet you're turning violet that we that's, had on our, our retreat. But uh tasty. it's tasty. It's a decent sour. I like it. <laughs> mm.
1: Sip number two. It was good. All right.
2: I'll never forget. I never forget. I won't I won't mention the brewery or anything, but I'll I'll never forget the time. We tried to. We were trying to dunkle, and none of us knew what it was supposed to taste like. And uh, they <laughs> yeah. was like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Oh, that's, that tastes good," because I just figured it was supposed to be a sour. I didn't realize it, it had turned bad. And uh, and so when the when the brewer finally tasted it, he's like, "Oh, that's terrible! How could you like that?" And of course, I wasn't just trying to be nice when I said. It, I just really thought it was a. It, it tastes like a great sour to me. He's like, "No, that's a turn. We got to get rid of that." Yeah, we got <laughs> oh. we got edumacated on how sours were made. Yeah, we were <laughs> like, "Okay, well." How do Good. we know? Now how do we know, right? How do you know that yeah. the sour you're not drinking, Gary it was just some bad stock that they just said, no, no, just can it. We'll call it yeah. we'll call it something <laughs> like blueberry
0: boyfriend. I don't know. Well and turn to make a new label. <laughs> and one of the things he told us was once once the bacteria gets in there, like you can't get it out. Like it's just a sour from then on. Yeah. Like
1: that container. Oh man. No, mm. I'm drinking Enjoy lots your bacteria. Beer. Enjoy yeah. your beers, y'all. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm more and more jealous of uh, time
2: to take probiotics. probiotics.
1: <laughs> yeah
3: Yeah, well i'm doing good here i'll try not to make too much noise
1: (laughs) yeah well okay kind of switching this switching uh switching back to gaming here um what what have you guys been playing oh yeah sorry i I didn't know it was that podcast i thought it was on a different podcast beer (laughs) (laughs) well hey we need to start one of those um (laughs) maybe yeah no but (laughs) would. hey maybe maybe we should do some micro brews just on beer um tape, Wait. note to self no, um, i have distracted right now, you. No. so so what have you guys been playing have you, have you been getting any games in i mean i know it's it's still tough most of our gaming's probably still online um, what, what have you guys have you been
3: able to get anything in uh, for me it's all been still family family time gaming which has been great I, honestly it's like i've been playing more with my kids than i've have ever so i actually got to play first game with my youngest one he's three and we played animal upon animal and he was loving it like he just thought it was so awesome. cool. i think mostly it was just that he was playing a game with that you know yeah uh, very right. cool i mean he, he enjoyed the game too but i'm telling you that game is a great game for little kids if you're wanting something fun just to, to basically play with i mean it's a game too but uh yeah animal upon animal is really good i've also been my wife has been requesting wingspan a lot Which is fine by me. Yeah, yeah, I know I've said that on the on the podcast, you know, recently, especially since we've been uh, stuck at home more. But she really enjoys that game, so it doesn't even have to be me like prompting. Now she just asks for it. So
1: that's pretty
2: awesome. They ever did they ever release the Batman animal? upon animal <laughs> it should <laughs> is that something that ever happened
3: no no they didn't listen to us and and, and hear the idea and make it no. yeah that's from episode little, little, one little penguins for those, man for, you know, for those of you just
2: joining us that's an episode one is that First really one yeah. One, yeah. Day. I think First it was one day one, yeah i think it was.
3: Day. it was the the batmobile was the base piece right? yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah i think, yeah. I think yep. it could totally be done i think it How should still be done you need to you need to get your licensing people i on, get man. i get to work on right. it right away well uh my family's actually been visiting um, my in-laws and they were, they were going to be gone for a little longer than I could take off. So I've had, I've been by myself for, for the past oh, week and a half. And so I have, I have ventured out a little bit more. We're able to, we're, we're, we we're, we're at, we're able to, we're not quite so locked down. So I've been able to get like some one-on-one gaming with some friends and that's been kind of nice. I, I actually, uh, yesterday I got to do a, I went to go visit Chuck, and we played a game that I have actually been wanting to play. And every time he mentions it, I remember how much I enjoyed my first play. And that was Hiroshima Hex. It's a three point oh, three point edition, right, Chuck? Yeah. Okay, man. Um, that that was fun, man. The number of factions was just kind of cool. Looking at that sheet, and you have, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're complete. Like you have everything up to date, right? Yeah, all the factions
0: are on there. That I think I need to do little updates, but it's basically there.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. He, he has this little sheet you just look at. And for me, I, I don't I didn't really know what any of them did. I said, oh, that one's machines. That sounds good. And that ended up being pretty awesome. But the game itself was really fun. And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, he fails uh, to mention that he demolished me. Yeah. I'm not That's why it was awesome. Did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why it was awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, as, far as, um, as far as online stuff, I've still been playing quite a bit online. And uh, I was telling you guys right before we went live, uh, Board Game Arena has uh, Rallyman GT now, and the the online implementation is excellent. They even have like leagues where you do solo games to uh, to get to post a the time, then you then you you know you figure out your pole position there, and then you go into like the uh, the actual uh, multiplayer game. And I mean, I haven't taken part in that, but there's like leagues and uh, tournaments and stuff. Um, but our friends, uh, Jeff and way have gotten me into playing that. And I've actually did a few solo races. When you do the solo race, you're actually racing for time. And there's, there's a, I won't get into it, but how they measure kind of what gear you are in when you end your turn is the kind of the approximate speed. And that's how they figure out time. And, um, and that, that, just that, that challenge is fun. And then the online version is, uh, I mean, the multiplayer competition is excellent. And so, uh, I've kind of vowed to try to get as many people into that as I can. So I may be hitting you guys up for some uh, Rallyman GT here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm down. So uh,
0: the other thing I got to play uh, the night Gary came over last night was um, uh, we played Seven Wonders Duel. I haven't played it in a while. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, Reaffirmed how much I like that game. It'll probably move up a little bit in my top games again because it kind of fell because i haven't played it in a while but we got the expansion which i have not played i was very interested last to play night. that it was, it was excellent by uh, it it integrated very well it there wasn't a whole lot extra Oh, so you did play the expansion um, yes it was good so, i liked it so i really liked the expansion how does that how does that um enhance the game uh so you get these these gods that come out that give you these um one-time like uses kind of like the pyramids or the the wonders rather I keep calling them pyramids, but, uh, but you, you bid on them. So you, they come out
1: and then they're not really bids. You what determine you what the it? price will like be. There's like this.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's kind
1: of what if I'm Shuck trying to say. puts it closer to him, there's only so many slots. If Shucks puts one closer to him, it's what, like $3, right? But then yeah. it's, it's $8 for me. So as, as we're bringing them out, you have to determine how useful will this be? Do I think I'll get another guard that I like more that I want to put this in the, hmm. occupy this $3 slot? Or should I put this in the middle where it's more? The cost is a little bit more equal. Not, not. They're, they're never really equal, but it's better, right? That's kind of cool. Um, so yeah. I
2: got a little little mini bitty game, little,
0: mini bitty
1: bitty. <laughs> little,
0: <laughs> it's not <laughs> mini bidding game
2: in
1: there.
0: It's not really, it's not really bidding. That was a really bad. But it uh, like kind of feels like bidding
1: esque.
2: It's it kind of a draft. Um, but the way you kind of explain it, you put them out, and then there's a bit of a draft element to the money right I don't know
0: you you have these yeah. these tokens and as you uncover the the cards like you do in, in, in normal seven wonders duel um, you get to pick up one of those tokens and then you get the corresponding God to that token and then you get to decide where it goes on that trap oh, so, yeah. so, so they go or in more so they go expensive
2: they go in the draft Element aspect then right like they yeah so that happens during
0: Ooh, yeah so that happens during the first cool. age that's cool and in the second age you flip them over so actually when you're putting them out the other person doesn't know what it is yeah until the second age comes so for example and then you flip them all over
1: Chuck put a card on my side of the board which surprised me and so until they got flipped over i assumed it was a bad card and it wasn't he just thought he might right isn't that how it went you thought well, you might have a card so, you wanted more
0: so if there if you think if it's kind of a, a neat um, action you could take, but it's maybe not something that you want to take. Uh, like there's something else you're hoping to get instead. You can put it a little further out to make it more expensive for you, so you can make something else cheaper for yourself later. And
1: what he also did was occupied a slot that I could have used to put a car to make it cheaper for myself. Right. And so there's a lot more take that in this. Um, when when you oh there's. A lot god's more in. yeah it's like uh for example one time i like destroyed no i didn't i stole something one of the gods let me yeah take his production building i was like oh i like that double stone production building it's mine and then um he did he did some he found this really cheesy combo where i discarded a card he wanted <laughs> and he played a god that let him search the discard pile and get it back and then there's a new wonder in that set that does that same thing and so he didn't want me to have this card but he wanted it so he discarded it for money and the next turn, built the Wonder, searched through the discard deck. So two times, two, three times in a row, he was like getting all these awesome cards that we were trying to discard so that we wouldn't – so the other one wouldn't get. And he was like, oh, no, no, I'll, I have it now. So the gods like gave him some pretty cool powers, man. It was, it was awesome. It's, it's, it's definitely – I recommend that if you
0: like Seven Wonders Duel, definitely get uh, – what is it, Pantheon? Yeah, Pantheon. I think is the name. Right. It was great. Uh, get the expansion. Cool. It, it's seamless. Cool. Yeah. I
2: like to hear that. That's a good description. I like uh, seamless. That's cool.
3: I like it when a, a really good game like that gets something that's really easy to add like that to it. It doesn't take a lot of effort because some expansions can just take a ton of effort to to put them into the game. And so it's nice when a really good game gets that.
1: Both of us consume quite a bit of board gaming media and sometimes I hear the term uh, Golden Age thrown around. So. You'll you'll see people talking about how the hobby is growing quite a bit as far as numbers, uh, you know, as far as people getting into the hobby, and then the hobby's kind of acceptance or part, you know, um, being integrated into, say, like the larger culture. Um, You know, you see things like, uh, you know, Dungeons & Dragons is becoming more and more mainstream, right? You've got several prominent actors and actresses that have been, you know, we see uh, news articles about their extravagant, you know, uh, D&D parties and whatnot. And, you know, we just seem to be, the, the hobby as a whole seems to be growing, but I just kind of wanted to ask, you know, kind of have the conversation here with us. Do we, A, do we think that board gaming is in a golden age? And let me, let me read like a definition here of a golden age from the diary, uh, the dictionary here. Uh, it just says the period when a specified art skill or activity is at its peak. So would we say that board gaming is at its peak or has it kind of already had a golden age? And are we kind of on the end of that? Are we on the beginning of one? I mean, we are just kind of want to get an idea of where you guys might stand on that. And I know, uh, well, Shuck, you and I had briefly talked about it. I mean, do you want to kick us off? Because you, sure. you had some really good points.
0: Sure. I, I do have to comment on the fact, I thought you were about to say the Diary of Gary. But yeah. um, anyway.
1: I, I can't talk. <laughs> I would I read saying, that. <laughs> Dear Diary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Golden Age. Uh, what yeah. is
0: Golden Age? Dear Diary uh, of Gary.
2: <laughs> so
0: (laughs) i was composed until shuck did gary that was great all right um yeah i I, you know to be honest i feel like we're kind of on the tail end of the golden age i feel like the golden age was somewhere around like the 1990s to like the late 2010s probably uh or, or early 2010s um late 1990s
2: or early 1990s you said 1990s that's um Katan, mid 1990s catan yeah
0: catan era kind of maybe a little bit really? before then maybe even carcassonne you think catan um, and Car-
2: okay i'll let you talk it it seems
0: we're like gonna have, we're going to have we we i guess we are going to have
2: a discussion after all we all right,
0: we ahead. we are going to have a discussion uh, i just i feel like that like ten fifteen 15 to 20 year period uh seems to have a lot of new mechanisms and new innovations, um, a lot of like new people coming into the hobby, uh, including myself and and a lot of others. Um, I just, I, but I don't, I don't see as much of that anymore. I feel like more people are coming into the hobby, but I don't know that as many innovations are happening. It feels like the, we're taking things that have been done Maybe meshing together different mechanisms, but nothing like really new is coming out anymore. That's that's why I feel like we're kind of on the tail end of it. And maybe there's something fantastic. Obviously, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, it. We're not. We're not going to be able to come up with a mechanism here on the spot that that's just going to like blow us away. But I, I haven't seen a lot of really new things in the last five or so years. Uh, I, have, I have
3: a question about that. Is that because of our experience like in other words you like you said you came into the hobby during this time so you've gotten to experience all these things and they were new to you right and now you've experienced the things that are out there i'm not saying there weren't some new things that came along during it but like since you've been since we've been in it for you know during this time someone new coming into the hobby might feel differently about it might say oh wow look at all this stuff to explore this is all new to me and it, it would feel like an explosion to them too
0: I I see what you're saying, but when when you look at like the the years that the games came out, because obviously I wasn't playing in the 1990s, so I'm I'm talking about games that started kind of a a rise in the industry before I was even in uh, in this hobby. I, I think just that time really started to kick off things. I don't. That's just my opinion, my observations. Uh, bring it on, Brian. no no I think I think uh,
2: I think (laughs) I think proper Brian has actually hit on something I think I really feel like objectively um, I'd have to disagree with you however I I think I know where you're coming from because that was a time when I was also it was all still something I was discovering as well you know we 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 did a lot of this together you and me but I do feel like that's somewhat of a projection uh, of our experience as proper Brown was saying, because and, and the reason is because when you think about what exactly is this golden age, is it is it merely the innovation of new mechanics? Well no. I mean when we look at the golden age of the Renaissance kind of art artistic styles, when we look at what that could mean in past cultures, a lot of them were even aware of the of the fact that wow this is a good thing and we are doing something no one's ever done before or we're seeing this explosion of thought that no one's ever seen before and if we're gonna like kind of translate that in some way into board gaming yeah uh, we definitely are at our we're at a higher grade than we have been in the past ever so how can we not consider that if isn't this isn't the golden age is something precursor to a golden age. Like if it's, so maybe we don't have something um, super innovative recently. Maybe we've exhausted our pool of clever mechanics, but, in, but what have we done since then? In the, in the desire for us to move forward as a hobby, we have found new ways to implement those mechanics. We've started doing hybridization. We've started finding new ways to kind of tweak the old things. What else can we ask for in, a, in an evolving
0: hobby? i don't know well i don't i don't consider a tweaking to be part of the golden age that's kind of where i'm at like we're taking really? things so if you're an artist we've already done
2: right but that's but the same like again that's why i compared it to something like the renaissance um you know we could have stopped at michelangelo but then we never had Raphael, who is a master in his own right who does something a little different that i mean i i I just want to just kind of push back a little bit because what the golden age is, isn't new innovation necessarily. It is the enjoyment and the participation on a large scale and the acceptance that we have now. I mean, I think it goes beyond just design. I think it goes into, we can look at all the categories, right? Categorically, what is our hobby comprised of? Design is a part of it. It's a very important part of it, but let's look at publication, we can self publish now. Oh my gosh, when when were we ever able to do that in the 1990s? But we can do it now. In fact, we tried to make a game you and I in the early 2000s and the process of publishing back then was was almost unreachable for what we were for the type of game we were coming up with because there was no audience for it. But now you and I can publish it all we want. With with the with the advent of Kickstarter, with the advent of really. the advent of, of uh, even just like print your own whatever off of amazon if it's if it's you know like a dice roller um i mean there's just so many ways now that not only the use of technology has added to our hobby but but the connected connectivity of um and the acceptance of kind of how things have changed like you guys have mentioned with the geek culture on a rise i don't know man can it get any better for a gamer
0: do do you consider something like the saturation of Kickstarter to fall into that though. I mean, when, when you have a lot of the same things being put on Kickstarter over and over again, like I don't see that as innovation.
2: No, but I see that as a sign of a golden age be and Here's the reason why, because uh, we know that you, um, in, okay, let's let's go back to what are the other golden ages, right? What are the other times when a certain thing has been considered kind of high society or, or um, even, even an element of elitism? It's a time when it, the accessibility is to many people, and we have a lot of bad artists during that time. We remember the good artists from the 1600s. We don't remember the bad ones, but they were all doing art during that time which is completely different from a time like before this explosion of thought. We also have a lot of books publicized in the 1600s, right? You know, because we had the printing press, and now suddenly all these books, it makes it so much easier to print, okay? So this is a golden age of thought. And guess what? We had a lot of really crappy books written at that time too. That doesn't mean it wasn't a golden age. A lot of fantastic things that have still influenced society are still still you know being published and people are reading them. So that being said, um wingspan. Let's talk about wingspan. Just came out last year. Um will that have a huge impact for the years to come? Sure. Was it super innovative? Not really, but it doesn't matter. It's it had such an impact on so many people that it's going to be a defining characteristic of the games moving into the 2020s. And I think that is indicative of golden age
1: culture in oh. a thing. Look, there you go. No, that's, my, that's my two cents. Look, let me play devil's advocate a little bit here because I, I kind of – I honestly feel myself caught in between with what you guys are saying because I will say, like Chuck brings up, the fact that we're making more and that it's easier to publish, on the one hand, does make me think, hey, this, this may be part of a golden age of, of publishing. But on the other hand, just because we can make more – um, and a lot of like you pointed out yourself, a lot of it's going to be just drivel, right? It's, it's not going to be that good. But on the other hand, I see the quality of the games we have. Um, we have some amazing games. And in the, I feel like the the bar has been raised for what the general public considers good as far as production. I sometimes think the bars may raise almost too high to make it harder for, for some games that some games don't get noticed that probably should. But that's maybe another conversation. Um, I do feel like qual- as far as quality in, in publishing, as far as components and and uh, and kind of how we make the games, I feel like that's definitely the bar has been raised there. But I still find myself asking kind of what Chuck's asking. Uh, other than that, like, are we innovating? And I'll, some some days I'll say yes, and other days I'm not so sure. So that's why I find, I find y'all's two positions pretty interesting because I I don't know, I, I, I wish I could – Firmly land on one side or the other, but it just seems like I'm kind of torn in between it, which is why I wanted to ask the question.
0: So another thing I want to interject is uh, that that concerns me as far as like maybe a downtrend uh, into that type of thing. the obviously media helps with popularity that happened with wingspan for sure. It got in the, it got in the news and, and got to, yeah.
3: it got noticed by people outside the board game hobby. Yeah. So
0: that really obviously helps. Um, my one concern is obviously the times that we're going through right now. Um How many companies are we going to see go under? Uh, how many companies are being bought up by Day and squashing the amount of innovation and thought that, you know, individual publishers would be able to bring into the industry. Like, It just seems like there's going to be less and less. And we've talked about it before where there's like Gary's brought it up where the companies are talking about making and producing less games per year. I mean, maybe that's better focused, but also is that a concern because they have decided they've figured out that maybe not as many people are buying as much or it's too saturated or these are the concerns I have as far as like a downtrend. Like, and Are I, we considering
2: those? I thought I was the cynic of the group, uh, Shuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm not being myself, a cynic. No, no, but uh, I, I find just, myself unusually on this side of like <laughs> the hopeful, like you're seeing all these through it's, like this. this it's the three lenses, And I've got the rose-colored <laughs> lenses somehow. I don't know. Wow. Because I see the desire to focus on a, a smaller group of games, from like Days of Wonder, or actually Days of Wonder has kind of always done that. They, but they've maybe always like, done that, yeah. So, so they've always done that, and they've always produced quality. So, I see something like Fantasy Flight Usually. going, kind of turning it down a notch and saying, "Okay, we're going to be less of this um, machine that just churns out a ton of stuff to somebody who's more intentional about making games." I see that as an up uptrend. Like, I, I look at that as like, "Hey, you're getting wise about." gaming you've you've taken some lessons uh you've tried one thing and now you're kind of shifting to another i think that's a i like it i think it's a pruning that makes this this thing grow a little bit because they're trying to become a better publisher not because they're well i don't know you're right it's corporate america maybe i'm just giving them too much because uh, because it like you said it could be down to the dollar i don't know i don't know but but i just like look at something uh I, I choose to look at it as more optimistic
3: let's talk about let's. so whenever you're thinking about uh golden ages and uh shuck and i kind of talked about this a little bit before we got started recording and when you're in one it's kind of hard to see it because you don't know for sure if what you're experiencing is like a is like a rise toward it or if what you're seeing is it, it's hard to evaluate it right then right so um, as a way to kind of compare, what were you going to well, say?
2: That's, that's why we can podcast about it. Cause if we knew the answer, right, right, right. right. Be a boring so topic. so, so
3: <laughs> I'm not saying we can't know. I'm, I, I feel like, okay. So to answer the question, I feel like, uh, it appears that we're in one, um, or we have been in one. So I wanted to look at an example from another industry just to kind of see what it's, what it was considered. And that's the film industry. Uh, So if you look it up, if you Google it, um, it says that it's usually considered the golden age of Hollywood in between the 1910s and the 1960s, which is a pretty big uh, swath of time. But here's the thing about that. That's when filmmakers were taking risks and doing things that hadn't been done before. There weren't large corporations involved yet, like kind of making safe decisions. And that's when, so, you know, about the end of the 1960s is when uh, a lot of the, you know, the corporations got involved, the the movie companies got big. And so they started becoming more safe, right? They started making safer bets instead of trying interesting and crazy things, right? But then you have something like Star Wars that comes out in the late 70s. And you've got uh, something that is fresh and new or a different take anyway on it, but you even hear in that story i i've heard you know the documentaries you know talking about the making of star wars and how uh george lucas really had to push back against the corporate people like to to get this thing made like it was hard to get made in the beginning because it, it wasn't safe it wasn't a safe bet um and so i think when you start seeing um uh, consolidations in larger companies coming about you start you stop seeing uh, you, you see less innovation and less or, or more wanting to stick with what we know is safe and I realize obviously you want to you want to do what you think is going to be profitable you want to do what you think you can make money on so we take that kind of to the the board game world and I think that I mean obviously you have the the Parker Brothers the Hasbros the Milton Bradleys you know come honestly you see when when you see those big corporations come along you see kind of a squashing of innovation and then in the in the mid 90s you see a lot of indie publishers come along basically or smaller publishers come along and push these newer uh, more interesting ideas and you you see kind of that the the rise of that anyway i i wanted to throw that out there and say we can compare against something that history says is hey this was a golden age and, and we can say this is kind of why it was and then compare where we are
1: I think maybe to Chuck's point, um, maybe, and I, I do agree with a lot of what you said there. I think um, maybe we have been in one, but I think if we are on in one, we're probably on the on the the far end of like we're on the down like the downward slope of it, where we've been in one, and maybe it'll continue for a little while, but know, Shuck made a good point about, you know, Asmodee grabbing, wrapping up all these other smaller publishers. Yeah, that's great. They get access to the Asmodee publishing um, powerhouse. That's great. But um, do they lose, you know, what, what's lost in that, right? Are they losing a little bit of quality or losing a little bit of, uh, they're definitely losing some independence. Like agility, so, like
3: agility to kind of move and act as they, as they to
1: react. And to, to innovate them. and to risk because big companies don't want to risk. And so I think, I think that speaks to what Shuck was talking about in that, maybe we have been in one and, and maybe we're maybe we maybe we're kind of arguing is it over or are we still in it and maybe that's maybe that's more of what we're arguing is that hey we've we've been in one and how much longer is this thing going to last but um, I don't think that necessarily means that that we're just going to suddenly start getting getting bad games if, if the industry oh, no no that's moves not what I that. mean at all yeah. I, I think
0: we've like like just Brian has said that we've we've gone to a level now where we have a, a certain standard of what we expect. And uh, there's definitely a, a quality there that I don't think we're going to lose.
2: So, so I look at this and there, or I guess there's two ways to look at this, right? Because as I hear this, I also, cause, cause I don't, I mean, you guys make fantastic points. Uh, Proper Brian, that was amazing. Like you, you, you've, you've pulled my heart a bit that way. So here's, but here's the conversation I hear we're, we're talking about uh, publication and innovation on one side design and the actual kind of uh, machine that turns the game out, which is necessary. Like we got to have it. All right. Uh, we got to get the games in your hands. And the only way to get games in your hands is to put it through the machine, a publisher, a distributor, right? So, so that's one aspect. Um, the other aspect though, is the audience, the audience, the people playing the games. These games are still out there. They're f- still floating around. If we're, we're comparing it to film, people are still consuming that product, and they're not consuming an old product. It's still within the last decade, at least,
3: mm-hmm. maybe
2: t- maybe two, but it. We, we we used to be excited when people mentioned Catan instead of Monopoly. <laughs> now we're excited that people are mentioning other things other than Catan.
1: Yeah, Wingspan,
2: uh, right. Gloomhaven. And it's uh, yeah, and it's like it's so so people I go to church with that aren't gamers are talking about how they finished their Gloomhaven campaign. I haven't finished my Gloomhaven campaign. And these aren't gamers, oh, regular gamers. You know,
3: uh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I need I know. to know these people. Let's go to my <laughs> church, right? No. Um.
2: Uh. But but the but my point is is like these are random conversations I'm having with people that aren't in my gaming circles, and uh, when in the world did I ever expect to see that? So there could be consequences to that, as this picks up, as this moves forward, as more people are exposed. I I, I don't
0: want to be so bleak as to say that we're on the downward hill there may be another five to ten years based on just consumer growth um if we're going to look at it from that that aspect i see guys at work that uh, a year or two ago didn't know anything about board games and then all of a sudden they come to me because they know that i like it and they start talking to me about games that i didn't even introduce them to they found elsewhere right exactly and and, and so i'm
1: still seeing growth like, you're correct. I, I do still see that. I, I was listening. It's a perfect example. I was uh, having to be driving driving around today and uh, listen, I actually turned on the radio and the TJ was talking about a, uh, a Back to the Future board game that's coming out and how excited she was about it. And I remember hearing about this and it's, it's actually sounds like it's going to be a pretty cool Back to the Future game. I, I'm trying to remember who the publisher was on it. Um, it doesn't really matter. But the idea being, I have no idea whether she's a hardcore gamer or not, right? But she's talking, a DJ on a radio station that, a local radio stations talking about it, and at least some of her viewers finding out about it from her. But my point being really that, you know, used to, it, it was kind of that, it was a very small hobby, right? And so if nothing else, I do agree that um, it seems just with the reach of the hobby, it's just grown so much, and well, I, I, it's good to see that. It's so great to see that, you know. And and like we, or I talked about
0: wingspan being in the media. You know, I see more just like watching regular shows on Netflix or TV or whatever. If you look in the background, you'll see board games, modern board games. Yeah, just sitting just on monopoly, shelves and things. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they're playing them or talking about them, but you'll just as decor. That that to me amazes. Like, it's kind of amazing that we, we're seeing that progress and exposure.
2: So this is where my cynicism will come back out, and I, I get to reclaim that. Right? It's um, it's the fact that I truly believe in Western hedonism, not not that I I want to be a hedonist, but I think that that's what drives uh drives our economy. I mean. It, I think we're, I think our culture is one of, I want that. I'm going to get it. I'm going to pay for it because we're, we're very spoiled people. And I really, yeah, we're, we're consumers. We're totally consumers. I mean, I I don't, I'm not proud of that by the way, but um, I'm a bit of a cynic about it. And I really feel like if the, if we want more in this Culture grows the way it grows. It doesn't matter if Asmodee buys everything up and and becomes Hasbro Part 2. We're going to... Oh, please we're gonna, no. We're going to have <laughs> a better expectation as a people and we're going to want what we want and Amazon's going to deliver to our doorstep the next day or two days later. I mean, that's... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a jerk about that. But the fact of it is, why do I think we're in a golden age? Is it because I, I feel like as far as a hobby goes uh we're gonna demand to be as a people who are completely entertainment driven and hedonistic and does that make me a bad person? I kind of feel like a jerk saying that I mean that I believe our economy in, I believe in our power to want more crap,
3: and that's why I think <laughs> we're in a golden age <laughs> <laughs> no uh, you make you make a really good point, and uh that is the uh the growth that we've seen, kind of in the uh, late '90s, 2000s, early 2010s, was really, really solely based in uh, people who's, you know, kind of the, who are kind of the target market. For, yeah, it was grassroots.
2: It was beautiful as right.
3: a grassroots thing.
2: We want to go back to that a lot of times because. That was when we were the gamers that were legit, and we were gamers before you were gamers, sucker. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like, were you were you, you liked it before Dragons? it was cool? Yeah, were you Dungeon Dragons before <laughs> it was cool, or were you Dungeon Dragons back when you were beat up for it? It's like, oh no, everybody claims I was I was an original card, even though you really weren't, faker. We're, I was I mean, on
3: AOL Instant Messenger before you. That's, <laughs>
2: that's right. That's what we're dealing with here in a lot of ways. Everybody's Whoa. trying to
3: like claim their uh,
2: their
0: card yeah. for that. Well, the but opinions the opinions of just Brian are not the opinions of all <laughs> <Yeah>. But them.
3: <laughs> Disclaimer. The, the, point, the point being <laughs> Disclaimer. is, is uh, there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a giant market out there that is kind of s- starting to take notice. The question I have is, is this a product that can really get mass appeal? It's something that it's not a movie that you can just sit down and enjoy. Right. It's something you have to like sit down and learn and teach. And so like the method of, of relaying it and, 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 uh, perpetuating it is harder than a movie. It's harder than most other forms of entertainment, a book, uh, where you can just hand it to someone they can read it. And, and be And, mm. and so that's my question is it, can this get, so the potential for like the mass market appeal is huge. Right. But the question is, is will it, um, can it get that, and so can it grow beyond where it is or what it soon will be? you know I think and- it
1: can get there, but I don't know you know if it does get there, do we lose the quality of the games right, or people are just me trying to churn out so much stuff
0: well one one thing that I see as far as mass market are the the kinds of games that we wouldn't consider like you know extremely into the hobby gamer type. Of games, like, I hate to say it, but Cards Against Humanity. You you talk to anybody, and almost everybody knows what it is. Uh, it, it's a game that has surpassed, you know, just our niche. There are a few games. Some people, most people, know who what Catan is at this point. Not everybody, uh, but generally, they're very light, uh, not super high strategy, thinky games. So and yeah,
2: that that goes back to my point, Chuck. Though, like, it's really up to the publisher. So, so for example, a publisher picks up No Looky, No Peaky, All right, which they should. It's a fit. It's <laughs> they the very best should. game ever. I picked that up. PubMePlay@gmail.com. <laughs> drive <laughs> through mass, cards.
3: Drive through cards.
2: Drive through cards.com. They they mass market that on a level where it gets it in Walmart. It gets it in the public eye. It gets it in the public conscience, like Wingspan. Suddenly that what you're talking about right cards cards against humanities was something that was simple to pick up it was an apples to apples based game Um, it did something risky it did something that that um, had had some kind of cult following that that grew into something that really played into the ease of access to do a thing that was different than what they were doing and they found enjoyment doing it suddenly this becomes a thing that's in the public conscience. If our publishers would look at, I don't know, getting point salad out there in a way that really got it in Walmart and people looked at it and they said, what is that? Point salad. And it's a simple
0: enough game. And they're looking at it
2: and they're looking at that attractive box next, next to Rook or Skipbo. And they're thinking about what they're going to give their grandkid when they're stocking stuffer. I mean, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. We're talking about those things that that really it's real I mean, I really feel you know, like and, it's up and, to the distributors and the publishers in that and, way. and
0: one thing one thing that I think really helps with that um, is a very simplistic, great rule book.
2: Right. They gotta pick the games that go uh, to the right places and get in the right hands. The,
0: when the rule book becomes too complicated, people don't wanna learn it.
2: And, so what's what, just what I've seen. Yeah, there's a divide between even in, within the hobby. Um, I think we can all speak to this. Some of us enjoy the complex games. We're not talking about put, putting Madeira at, in, no. in Target at all. Yeah,
1: that's going to bomb.
2: Right. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about, and we're not even talking about a simple game. To our standards, like Ku, which is fantastic, but we're not asking them to put that in target. Ku almost has that appeal though. But it's okay. close. it's close. It's close, but, but I'm saying even then, like, like what do we oh. need to get this out? I mean, not, not, I'm hoping I'm getting back to the subject here. Are we in the golden age kind of thing? You guys make great points. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're coming on a downtrend. Oh. But if we are on an uptrend, I think it's going to be things like the simple things that get into the public conscience that brings us back up.
1: I, I, I want to make one last point. I think um, and s- like, can listen to you guys talk about um, games. And I think one thing that's bringing people to games, one reason why, when I talk to people who are new to the hobby and even, even talk to some of our, our friends, you know, that are, that are long time gamers. Uh, we all talk about why we like the hobby and it's because it's, it's an inherently social um, social hobby. Right to social activity. And so we look at, um, I think in in an age where, you know, we've all kind of, we all are surrounded by a lot of technology, all our devices, all the things we have. So we get tired of that solitary experience. We kind of, you know, I think we yearn for something that's a little bit more social. So people have kind of, as a society, maybe we, we were kind of walking back from some of the social activities we used to do, starting to. And then now that's why hobbies like this are popular. Because there's something real and physical. And there, there's a physical component, much like, okay, you read a book, or you read an ebook, some people just prefer to only read, read a book, right. Um, so I think inherently, people often are drawn to, to that real and that physical thing. And so, especially uh, made mentioned, you know, right now, we're a lot of us are kind of, currently and we're not as social as we like to be and i think after we come out of something like this like this this current covid-19 pandemic here after we kind of come out of that i think you're going to see a resurgence of of things that are social people are going to want to be more social so yeah maybe some we may lose some companies and that that's kind of disheartening but overall in the industry i think one of the beautiful things about this is that in order to board game this put let's shove the solo gaming aspect of that is kind of a different um, subgenre, right? Let's, let's put that on a shelf for now. Generally speaking, your game, to play a game, you're going to have to have other people there, at least one other person. And so I think the fact that it's, it is uh, it's social and it's physical um, speaks, speaks to us, you know, it speaks to the same thing, why people like touching the pages when they flip a book. They, they like to go to a museum to see art. Instead of just look at pictures of it on the computer, right? Yeah, the one's great, but there's no substitute for the other. So I think maybe I don't know if I'm saying we're in we're in a golden age or or we're at the end of one. And maybe I'm just all confused about where we are right now. But I do think you know if if we if the if the hobby is going to grow, that's that's one of the strong one of the things that's going to drive it is, is that people inherently want that, and I think as a culture, we're drawn to that kind of thing. So the fact that more people are being are being exposed to board gaming, you know, that that's awesome. So
2: Yeah, Gary, I think that's that's really well spoken. I think I'm crying a bit and uh just a little bit. It's just, just a beer. little beer. Right. No, it's just a beer speaking. No, but no, but seriously though, I think I think that's uh that's fantastic because I think you 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 kind of speak to not just our our current situation but also to um kind of how we're all excited to see where this goes because if you're listening to this, I know
1: you're just as excited as we are to see what happens in gaming. So I think that's a big thing of, of all of this, right? Let's just, let's see where gaming goes. All right. Um, yeah. Well, as always, man, man, I, man. every time we get together and talk games and, uh, and have a, also beer, uh, we always have a good time. So thanks for getting together again, guys. And uh, man, um, Later. I hope you guys have a good night.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pub Meeple podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like, and subscribe, share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at pubmeeple.com. Our website www.bubpeople.com, home to the board game ranking engine and always remember support
3: your local breweries kick in the pants